We've talked about John Gibson. We've talked about Jacob Markstrom. But what about UC Soros of the Nashville Predators? Devils just saw him a couple nights ago. Is he available? And what's it going to take to get his services? We have a lot to break down in today's episode of Locked on Devils. Buckle up, everybody. You're Locked on Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked on Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on Locked On Network. I'm your host, college hockey play-by-play play announcer, Devils Rider for Bucks and Pitchforks, and also part-time credential media member, Trey Matthews. So as we all know, the New Jersey Devils picked up a big win in Nashville. It was their first time winning in Smashville in regulation in 15 years. Now, here's a big question. Can they pick up another W from the Predators within the next few weeks. What do I mean by that? Because they only visit Nashville once per season. Well, let's talk about UC Soros and the possibility of the Devils getting his services. So in the first segment, we're going to get some background information from the Predators, where they're at in the current standings and what Soros could potentially bring to the Devils roster. And then in the second segment, we'll look at his contract. We'll look at some reports from Elliot Freeman as to whether or not the Predators would be willing to part ways with one of their bigger pieces. And then in the third segment, we're going to change course a little bit. We're going to talk about something a little bit more serious because it kind of hit home for me and I want to bring awareness onto the show. We all know the situation with Patrick Laine, and I feel like we we as a hockey community have to come and surround them with unconditional love and support in, in, in wake of what's happened recently. So I want to turn something very bad into something really good and uplifting. So let's begin with where the Predators are at currently in the NHL. So the Predators are in an interesting position. So when looking at the Central Division, the Dallas Stars, Colorado Avalanche, and Winnipeg Jets are pretty much solidified as the top three teams out there. So the St. Louis Blues, they have 58 points. They're the uh, team on the outside looking in, but the Jets have 69. So it's going to take a complete collapse from the Jets if the Blues want to try to sneak their way in as a top three team in the Central. And the Predators, they have 56. So they're kind of in that same boat. And then the Wild, they're on a four-game winning streak. They're trying to turn their season around. But the Arizona Coyotes, man, what a Cinderella tale in the first half of the year. But they're currently on a seven-game losing streak. And then we're not going to worry about the Chicago Blackhawks because it's pretty much the Connor Bedard show, and that's it. So my point is, is that the, the Stars, Avalanche, and Jets are pretty much running away with the Central Division. But similar to the Devils situation, the wild card is a little bit different because in the Western Conference, it's still anybody's game. So the Kings and Blues hold the top two positions in the wild card. So the Kings have 58 points and the Blues also have 58 points. The Predators, they have 56 points. So they're just two points behind both those respective teams. Then the Flames, Wild and Kraken. So theoretically, like I said, it's the Wild Wild West and anybody could try to sneak their way into those two wild card positions. Now, why am I looking at this? Well, the thing is, is like if the Predators are trying to compete for a playoff spot, why would they part ways with one of their more important assets? And they have a lot of good players on their roster, including Philip Forsberg, Roman Yossi. 
Ryan O'Reilly. I'm actually somewhat of a fan of Gustav Nyquist. And obviously we're talking about UC Soros. So the thing is, is like the Predators are still a decent team with a lot of key assets. So where they're at in the standings and what they're trying to do for a time being, that really determines as to what they're going to be come the trade deadline, which is less than a month away. So I think they sort of fall into the same category as the Devils, which is they're trying to make a push for a wild card position. But if they're willing to part ways with one of their bigger assets, it's going to have to move the needle in more ways than one. Because as we all know, the goalie market is very spread thin. So it's going to take something monumental if they want to part ways with Soros. And we'll talk about that a little later in the episode. But here's the thing for the Devils. Uh, like I said, I'm comparing the Predators and the Devils. If the Devils find themselves out of a playoff spot and they're significantly behind, then they're going to look at probably Tyler Toffoli as one of their key tradable assets because, as we all know, Toffoli is a pending unrestricted free agent. And if he does not want to resign with the Devils, then the Devils can get some uh, leverage from him. So the same can be said for the Predators because Soros, before we look at his contract in greater detail, he still has this season and then next season, and then he will become an unrestricted free agent. Anything is possible, but let's focus on Soros' stats for a time being. So ever since Pekka Rene retired, Soros has stepped into the role as the go-to guy for the Predators in net quite nicely. So he's carrying that torch with a lot of pride. So this season, he has appeared in 42 games. He has a win-loss record of 20-20-2. He has a goals against average of 2.97 and a save percentage of 903. He also has two shutouts of the season. Now, Let's look back at his past couple seasons with the Predators. During the 2022-2023 season, he led all goalies in games played with 64. And the season before that, same result. He appeared in 67 games. And last year, he faced 2,099 shots and he saved 1,928 of them, which led the league in both categories. And here's something else I want to look at, which is his goalie point shares, which is an estimate of the number of points contributed by a player due to his play in goal. So 2022-2023 season, he had a rating of 14.9, which led the league. And the year prior, he had a rating of 14, also led the league. And his name has obviously been in the discussion for the Vesna Trophy. So the numbers speak for themselves. And I said it in my more recent post-game recap episode, in which I said that Soros had to make the most saves. And he also faced the most shots that he has uh, seen all season long. And it came at the hands of the Devils. So if you needed any indicator as to how good Soros is, well, case in point right there, when the Devils went into Smashville and came away with a 4-2 victory. Now, we're going to look at his contract and what Elliot Freeman had to say about the matter momentarily. But before we continue, let me tell you guys about Game Time. So I've actually used the Game Time app before to buy myself some NBA tickets and also saw a baseball game over the summer with my brother. So what do you want to know about the Game Time app? Well, last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area, views from all seats and venue, lowest price guaranteed, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last minute seats. So download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code Locked On for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay, let's look at a possible Soros trade package in greater detail. So before we get into the nit and grit of all, let me just say this. 
between all goalies that I have done silly season episodes on their situation, I think UC Soros is the best one due to his age, his contract, and his capabilities. So he is still under the age of 30. He will turn 29 in April. So he's younger than Jacob Markstrom and John Gibson. So when I look at a goalie, you got to look at it as a long-term investment. And I said for Jacob Markstrom, something that turns me off is that he's sort of in his mid-30s. So how much more good service can he give the Devils if he was hypothetically traded to the organization? Now, I know that John Gibson isn't the oldest. He isn't the youngest either. He's 30 years of age. But like I just said, Soros will be turning 29 this April, whereas Gibson will be turning 31 this July. So that two-year age gap actually does play a big factor because that's a couple more years of service that Soros could potentially give the Devils compared to Gibson. So I don't know if it's a hot take or not, but given his capabilities, what he's been able to do with the Predators, and like I said, he had to step into a role that was relinquished by Pekka Rene when Rene decided to hang up the skates. I think Soros has slid into that role quite nicely. His age is also uh, a big factor for me, but it's the contract that I think really sells the cake for me as well. Because when looking at his contract, he originally signed a four-year, $20 million deal with the Predators, and he has this season and next season remaining on his deal. And his annual average salary will be $5 million per season. So that's cheaper than Gibson and Markstrom. So I think that makes things a little bit easier for the Devils when trying to uh, get their financial situation sorted out. Now, the big question that a lot of people have, would the Predators be willing to trade away one of their more valuable assets, given where they're at in the standings, because that's going to be the biggest question of them all. Because we've heard uh, Soros's name in the rumor mill before last season and nothing happened. Will the same be said this time around? A lot can happen within the next few weeks. But courtesy of Sportsnet, Elliot Freeman on 32 Thoughts said, the Predators are looking for a top offensive player and those players are hard to find. And Soros is a kind of guy who can get you some offense. The name Byfield has been thrown around, and he's not getting you Quentin Byfield. So that's a little interesting, man. Take it how you want to take it. But I think what Freeman is getting at is that if the offer and asking price is right, then maybe the Predators will bite because similar to the Calgary Flames, the ball is in their court when it comes to Jacob Markstrom because it's not like he's a pending unrestricted free agent. He still has a few years left on his contract. And John Gibson out in Anaheim, the Ducks, they are notoriously known for being tough negotiators, and they're going to be even tougher when talking about the goalie because I said in segment one, uh, the, the, the goalie market is very spread thin. So if the Devils really want a goalie, they're going to have to cough up some key assets, and that's what also scares me about these potential trade scenarios. Now, what would a, a package look like? Well, courtesy of the, the site I work at, Pucks and Pitchforks, Nick Villano released a very good article about the matter. I will leave a link to it in the description so you can hear Nick's thoughts. But basically, here's what would have to happen if the Devils really do want Soros. Bellano said, the Flames, Ducks, and Canadians are asking for major prospects, young NHL stars, and a first-round pick. And a lot of people are debating, is it worth it? Well, I like I said in segment one, Soros, he's a very good player, and he plays a lot of the games because in this day and age, 
where goalies play anywhere from 40 to 50 games. Soros is not going to do that. He's going to suit up in a majority of the games, which I think is very rare in today's NHL. So uh, given his stats, given his capabilities and the role he had to slide into after Rene retired, I think Soros is up for any challenge that is thrown his way. And I think the Devils would welcome him with open arms as well. Now, Milano went on to say, the price is going to be huge for the Devils. Only two players will move the Predators to make a deal, and the Devils likely have no interest in moving them. So the first name that came to mind, Dawson Mercer. The second one, Shimon the Mets, because the thing is, is like Dawson Mercer, he can provide a lot of offense, and Shimon the Mets, he's one of the top prospects for the Devils. And I'm not really too worried about the Devils dealing away draft picks because I said it over the summer. I don't think the Devils are really all that keen on trying to see what they could get in the draft because I think they have their eyes set on the playoffs. And when you're a playoff contending team, the draft is not really your top priority and people start to lose interest in it because the draft was pretty much an afterthought a few months ago for the Devils. So they drafted Lenny Haminaho, who's a very exciting player, but no one was really talking about him over the summer, at least from my perspective. So I think Devils fans, Devils media, and the Devils organization, it's just a matter of like, who can help the Devils right now and not down the line. But that's not a knock at the Devils prospects. I, I don't want to put that out there, but it's just like where the organization is at for a time being. So when looking at like the, the players that Volano said in his article, I don't think I'm willing to move on from Dawson Mercer or Shimon the Mets because the one thing that just scares me is the investment. Here's the thing. Would it be Alexander Holtz? Would it be Dawson Mercer? Are you willing to part ways with those players in order to get the services of Soros? Because I remember putting out a poll last year at around this time, were fans willing to trade Dawson Mercer in a one-for-one -one type of deal to get Timo Meyer and overwhelmingly a lot of you said no, and I was on board with that because I was just like, I think Dawson Mercer has a lot of upside, and I think that would be a huge mistake if the Devils let him walk, even if they are getting a 40-goal score, power forward type player in Timo Meyer. So I was just like, that's too big a risk. And now the same could be said for Soros because he's a very good player. But remember, when it comes to goalies, they can't really give you years and years and years of productivity similar to how other players might be. I said it in another hypothetical trade package. Would Devils fans be willing to move on from Alexander Holtz in order to get Jacob Markstrom? And I said that might be a mistake because Holtz can give you 10 years of good uh, productivity, whereas Markstrom, he can only give you a few years at best since he's in his mid-30s. So the main question is, do you see this Devils team hoisting the Stanley Cup within the next few years? That's the main question you have to answer. And for Shimon the Mets, he's really uh, exciting. I love him on the Devil's Blue Line. And I think he has exceeded expectations, especially with uh, the hand that, that had to be dealt with them because he had to fill in a lot of roles due to injury that the Devils were sustaining. Now, what's my final verdict? My final verdict is that I would love to have UC Soros added onto this roster. And I think that would be very exciting for the Devils. But the thing is, is like, I don't want the Devils to break the bank for a goalie. I think that would be a huge mistake. So parting ways with someone like Dawson Mercer, who's been an absolute dog for the Devils the last few games, and also Shimon the Mets, who has a lot of upside. 
I don't know if that's worth it to get a goalie. Like, I think there's a, a better options out there, not in terms of skill set, but in terms of being a better investment, maybe helping the Devils out in the future. So like I said, between Soros, Markstrom, and Gibson, I think Soros is the better option because he's cheaper, he's younger, and he has a lot of great upside. But the thing is, is it worth it to part ways with Dawson Mercer and also possibly Shimon the Mets? Now, if you can convince the Predators to take on Alexander Holtz and maybe another prospect, okay, I, I guess I would bite. But it's going to take a top prospect. It's not going to take like a B or a C tier type prospect. No, it's going to take like Lenny Haminaho or maybe even Seamus Casey to really move the needles for the Predators. Now, in my honest opinion, I don't see the Predators parting ways with Soros. I, I just don't, especially with where they're at currently in the playoff picture, which is they're just on the outside looking in, in the wild card position, similar to where the Devils are at in the Eastern Conference. So I, I, I just don't think the Predators, barring anything catastrophic happening, are going to part ways with Soros, especially with that circumstance in play. But it's still fun to talk about. So once again, my final verdict is... Yes, I would love Soros added to the roster, but I'm a little hesitant about parting ways with some good contributors on the Devils roster because I don't want Tom Fitzgerald to gut this organization. And keep in mind that Soros has this year and next year. Here's the big question once again. Do you see this Devils team winning the Stanley Cup this year or next year? Maybe not this year, but that's the big question next year. So let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. What are some of your trade packages for UC Soros? I'm curious your guys' thoughts. So that's uh, what I can give you on the matter. And the trade deadline is just a few weeks away. So things will start to pick up within the next few weeks. Okay, before we talk about Patrick Line and what we need to do to surround him, to give him the uh, support that he rightfully deserves, let me tell you guys about FanDuel. So get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on and shoot your shot. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Go Lakers, go LeBron James. Okay, so I feel like I have to talk about this, and... Keep in mind, I have no notes written, so this is just me speaking from the heart because I want this to be as authentic as possible. So a few days ago, there was a Columbus Blue Jackets-based podcast made by fans, and they said some really controversial things. And They made a joke about Patrick Laine and his current situation. So uh, as many of you might know already, Patrick Laine recently checked into the Players Assistance Program and uh, somebody made a suicide joke on that uh, Blue Jackets podcast. I'm not going to say the name of the show. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want that kind of negativity on my on my platform. But it's still very important to talk about. So first and foremost, uh, making a joke like that, that's just tasteless. That's wrong. I don't care if you're talking privately. I don't care if you're talking publicly. You shouldn't be making jokes like that. And why am I talking about this? Because it's very important to discuss because some things are bigger than sports. And I know Devils fans and Blue Jackets fans, they might have their differences. I know it's been a fun debate the last few years regarding Johnny Goodrow and his free agency uh, process. But let's put all that aside because this is bigger than hockey. Let's come together to support Patrick Line. Because at the end of the day, 
it's sports. It's not life. And the one thing that I always take away when I'm in the locker room, when I'm in the press box, wherever the case might be, I always remember that athletes are human. Yes, they're on TV. Yes, they're public figures. Yes, they you see them everywhere you go, whether it's for advertisement or on your TV screen making a big play. But athletes are humans and they're people like you and me. So before I talk about how we can help Patrick Line, I want to send a message to those dudes, which is, what the hell were you thinking? And I saw the quote-unquote apology on YouTube. Now, I'm not sure if they do their shows live or not, but the thing is, if if you don't do it live, why keep it in the episode? That Why do that? that? That is so inappropriate. That is so wrong. What good did you think was going to happen when you published that? So here's my message to them and future content creators in general. You have no idea who watches your stuff because I saw their YouTube page and they had less than like 30 or so subscribers when they published that episode. So they were probably under the mindset like, oh, no one's going to see this. It's just a silly, dumb podcast. It's just us talking amongst each other. Our show's not really that big. Wrong, because Patrick Line called them out on social media and a lot of other people called them out on social media. And I'm glad that the hockey community came together to bring this to the attention of a lot of other people. So the one thing that I want, once again, I want to tell you guys that if you want to publish something on the internet, whether it's writing, whether it's podcasting, whether it's whatever you want to do, you have no idea who's going to see your work. So for example, like when I'm at the Prudential Center, it always surprises me whether it's a fan, a worker at The Rock or a, a per, an NHL personnel. It always surprises me when someone says, hey, I watch your show. It's always humbling. It's always nice. But it also reminds me that I got to be careful what I say because I have no idea who's watching my episode on the other side of the screen. So always keep that in mind and use common sense when on the internet and when publishing something. And I'm glad that those dudes are getting dragged in the mud. And I hope I never see them on any sort of platform whatsoever, because the sport of hockey and just sports in general and the world in general doesn't need that kind of uh, mentality or negativity. Now, Let's focus on Patrick Line A because that's the important thing. Once again, I hope that Devils fans can empathize with Patrick Line A and his situation because at the end of the day, like I said, it's sports, it's not life. And I hope he's getting the help he needs. And I hope he's back on the rink sooner rather than later. But take your time. And Patrick Line A has a charity that helps bring awareness to men's mental health. So I want to do some good and I want to make a donation myself. And I want my audience to also come together and make a donation. So I'm going to leave a link in the description for his charity. And once again, I hope you guys can make a, a donation of some sorts, whether it's a small one or a big one, any little thing helps. But let's turn a very bad situation into a good one, because I think there's more good in the world than evil. So you have those four or five a-holes just basically shooting crap and just basically just trying to uh, cause some controversy. And once again, I hope I never see them on that sort of platform again. But what the good I saw from people was just coming together and just saying, like, this is not OK. This is not right. Patrick Line, you might be one of the best players on the Blue Jackets, but take your time and try to get the help you need because your mental health is is important, first and foremost. So once again, let's all come together and let's try to turn this very bad situation into a good one. And once again, I didn't have any notes written for this segment because I wanted it to be as authentic as possible. But let's do that. Let's just try to help Patrick Line. Let's support him and let's let him know that 
He has everyone behind his back in the hockey community. And it's great to see that people are making donations to his charity because I saw that it, it surpassed big numbers. So if there was some good that was to come out of the situation, at least his charity is getting the donations it rightfully deserves. And I will leave a link to it in the description once again. So that's the whole time I have for you. My apologies for ending the episode on sort of a sour note, but it was too important to not discuss. Leave a comment down below your opinions on UC Soros and what kind of trade packages you might look at for him. And uh, hit me up on my personal X page app at TreyMat4 or the show's X page app at Locked on Devils. As for this episode, that's all the time I have for you. So continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. I'll catch you guys in the next episode. Thanks for listening once again.